scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes! To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I, as always, am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and I am joined today with Tyler. No Scott today. Um, He's missing in action. We haven't heard from him in a while. We think he's coaching basketball, maybe. Uh, I guess you guys guess and tell us what he's doing. If you want to find him on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. But my co-host that's with me today, Tyler, you can find him on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. And as always, you can find the podcast Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And you can find our content on Facebook as well. Okay, so for today's show, we are going to talk a little bit different show today, actually. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mike McCarthy. We are going to talk about consistency for the Green Bay Packers. And then we're going to get into the Bears preview. We're going to talk one thing the Packers need to do. We'll get into our stats and our game predictions. So I just wanted to do a little bit different today because if you want to know what didn't go so well in the Redskins game, well, look anywhere online, you'll find something about how terrible this team is or how they're not going to be able to make a run in the playoffs. And I don't really want to focus on that because I still think this team is very good. Yes, they have issues. And that's why I wanted to talk about the consistency thing because Aaron Rodgers came out and talked about it um, in his presser today, Wednesday, as we're recording this. Um, He came out and said, you know, the difference between us being a 10 and three team right now and going where we want to go in January and in February is consistency. And if we get more consistent he believes that he has the talent and this team has the camaraderie and everything that goes into that to make it to Miami in February. So we will get to that. But before we get to our show, Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Um, not a whole lot going on in the world for me anyway. Baseball fans are busy tracking uh, winter meetings I am doing that as well, as well as preparing for a very important matchup in the Packers and Bears this weekend, which is exciting for my household, seeing how my fiance is a Bears fan, supposedly, even though she didn't watch their game last Thursday, which still baffles me. But a little extra incentive for the Packers to win this week, uh, for me anyway. Yeah, and I also watched the game with Tyler and his fiance this past week in the Packer game. And we were talking about greatest running backs of all time. And Tyler said Barry Sanders, and I said sweetness. And Tyler nor his Bears fan fiance knew who sweetness was. And it really, I'm like, you're not a Bears fan if you don't know who sweetness is. 
So, yeah, there was that. <laughs> Tyler, before we actually get into our Packers talk for the week, um, are you currently drinking a beer? I am not. Wow. Shame on not even you. Not true Wisconsinite. <laughs> I, I think we're going to, the rest of the season and basically all our Packers podcasts, you're either going to get shamed if you're not drinking a beer, and if you are drinking a beer, you get to shout out what beer you're drinking. And don't be a loser and drink the same stuff all the time. How's that sound? So, again, Tyler, shame on you. I am currently drinking a delicious line in Kugels, and I'm drinking their Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. I know Tyler knows I was drinking, I was drinking that this weekend too, and it is delicious. So, if you're a fan of dark beers, go and try it. It's delicious. All right, let's actually get into some football talk, Tyler. Um, we wasted way too much time already. Let's talk about the Mike McCarthy piece that Tom Palacero came out with uh, from NFL Network. And I know you just kind of got into this and watched the video and everything, but what were your initial thoughts on the piece and kind of what he highlighted throughout that piece with Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I just watched the video recently within the last hour as we're recording this uh trevor pointed it out to me so at first it was kind of like oh you know it's just going to be about how he wants to return as a coach next year which we all knew he wanted to do yada 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 but it was a lot more than that it was actually pretty insightful it sounds like he's learned a lot from a coaching standpoint in what happened in green bay he's learned that he or at least he understands that he needs to adapt and that the league changes and that's kind of the keys to success long long term i was very shocked by the fact it sounds like he basically has a coaching staff assembled already <laughs> that completely caught me off guard and that's just what his entire crew has been doing all off season is putting everything together so is once they get a job somewhere, they just plug in and go. There's no, we have to hire this person as the offense coordinator, this person as defense coordinator. It's just, boo, majority of it set already, which is kind of astonishing. And then the last part of the video, Mike McCarthy gets a little choked up about in regards to his family and what, you know, what this means for them. And, you know, I think a lot of it kind of relates to just how things ended in Green Bay. I mean, he took took a lot of heat for what some people say, kind of wasting away the last leg of Aaron Rodgers' prime. Only being able to win one Super Bowl is was like unexcusable and ridiculous. And I think his family and McCarthy took that all pretty hard. So kind of getting a fresh start somewhere and being able to build something means a lot to them and more than we'll ever understand. And um, the fact he got choked up about just kind of reiterates that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I hope he gets a, a shot somewhere to prove to everyone he was a great coach and I'd, I'd like to see him continue in the league. And it is definitely a very well-done video. I I agree with most of what you said, Tyler. I think I I was one that when the firing happened, I was extremely happy. I was very much in my fan thoughts, and I'm like, I am sick of seeing this. I think we need a new start, and I was excited when it happened. Now, I wasn't so much excited because Mike has really been shown to be a great guy, um, a great coach. He was a great coach for 
what, 11 of our 13 years of his 13 years in green Bay. Um, very community-based guy. Like he did everything. They're still living in green Bay to this day. Uh, so I just, I felt bad for him at the time. I thought it was the right move, but I also think Mike McCarthy's a great coach. And the thing that really solidified it for me is this video. He in, he's not even coaching football this year and he assembled a coaching staff essentially. And they're just looking at everything in the league, trying to come up with the new best offense that they can come up with. Um, Two of the guys are communicating every week, maybe even every day uh, through like Skype or something and talking through film and things like that. And then they fly out to Green Bay um, once every month, I believe. And Mike McCarthy and one of the other guys, I forget their names at this point, uh, but Mike and one of the other guys is in Green Bay. So they're meeting every day, um, going through film, checking out kind of trends and what works, what doesn't work and those types of things. And that just solidified to me that he is a great coach. Uh, his time just ran out in green Bay and that's, that's what it is. That's what happened. Um, I still think he's a great coach and he still deserves to have that street named after him in green Bay. And once you get that, that's telling me and everyone that you're a good to great coach. And that's what Mike McCarthy was. And I don't want to take that away from him. Um, but I, I did agree with you, Tyler, in that it was – you can see how much this affects him. And what really surprised me is how much it affects his family. Already, we're not even through the next season of football, and he's already saying, we need to do this. And you can't tell me he's saying that and just assuming that's what his family wants. No, his family wants him back out there. They probably loved being a part of it. Um, I'm sure that meant he wasn't home a lot and I'm sure they like having him home more now, but the, their football is ingrained in this family and I think he deserves another shot and hopefully he gets in a, you know, a decent to good situation. And I think he can make, make a lot of noise, um, and hopefully not have us regret too much that we fired him, but we got a pretty good guy, uh, in Matt LaFleur. I mean, he's the most NFL wins for a rookie head coach. Um, now I say most NFL wins because actually Curly Lambeau had 10 in his rookie season, but they weren't a part of the NFL yet because the Packers were assembled before the NFL. Um, so technically he's tied in franchise history for most rookie season wins, but he has the most when the team had been a part of the NFL. So, that's some exciting news, and he can just completely jump Curly Lambeau. He's got three cho chances to do it. Um, but I think, like Aaron Rodgers said at his uh, media scrum here on Wednesday, he said we need to be consistent if we want to make a deep run. And, Tyler, let's talk about that. What does Matt LaFleur and this coaching staff need to do to get this team consistent? Oh, it's, it's such a load of questions. There's lots of ways you could go with this. And when you asked it to me, I, I, took, I took a second. I was like, all right, what's the number one thing? And I'm like, well, you know, the cop-out answer is just like execute. Obviously, they, they left some things on the table against Washington, and everybody knows that. 
But then I was like, okay, well, let's think a little bit more outside the box here, Tyler. So I, I'm going with a kind of unpopular opinion, and I know Trevor's going to say it's unpopular too, and I'm just going to phrase it as let's, let's spread the offense out and let it fly. Now, I'm not saying, uh, you know, let's not run the ball. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm more of saying when you look to the, the earlier trends in the season, when this offense was still being integrated – into the Packers they were playing they were playing football like it seems like now with Matt LaFleur you know it was like early in the season it was a lot of the first drive was like okay scripted plays and obviously it worked we scored a lot and we still do but it seems like that's kind of more the trend throughout the entire games now like this offense isn't it's not fully integrated but you can see that Rodgers knows okay this is going to be a play-action play. I have to read this man either, you know, when someone comes in motion or after I make the play-action and then this person is supposed to get the ball. They'll be my first read, yada, yada, yada. But earlier in the season, when we weren't necessarily doing that all the time, it was more of Rodgers just kind of doing his own thing. And, you know, he'll be sitting in shotgun. He'll recognize the coverage. He'll Rodgers will know, okay, I just got to look off my main target throw it past the safety, boom, touchdown. And there, I mean, there's countless examples of this earlier on in the season. I'll back all the way up to, oh, we're going to go to the Eagles game first. I mean, to end the first half, Aaron Rodgers had back-to-back chunk plays, the second one being a touchdown to Jeromel Allison. Yeah, never thought you'd hear me say that in a positive manner. Uh, to tie the game at 27, Aaron Rodgers hit Jimmy Graham on a perfectly placed throw where he was scrambling to the right and he sidearm through it when Graham was throwing a seam. You'll remember the play if you go look it up. It was incredible by Rodgers, but that that wasn't like a play-calling thing. It was just Rodgers doing his own thing. Against the Raiders, I mean, Jake Kumaro had his own touchdown. That Though it definitely wasn't by design from Matt LaFleur. It was Rodgers recognizing the coverage, knowing what he had to do, looking up the safety. And then my favorite example is... Remember that amazing touchdown reception by Jamal Williams versus the Chiefs that Matt LaFleur called the greatest play he's seen live? Yeah, that that's just guys going out, doing their own thing, coming out and shotgun four wide, letting Rodgers go to work. So I think we like to overcomplicate it a lot and say, yeah, let's get the play action in here. Let's get all this motion, da-da-da-da-da. You don't need to do that the entire game. You can just let them play every now and then. So that's kind of what I'm saying we need to do to get more consistent, at least on the offensive end, move the ball more, score some more points. Okay. Like Tyler mentioned, I do have some issues with this. Um, I know what you're saying uh, with the let Rodgers be Rodgers thing. Um, But I would argue Rodgers was very much Rodgers in this game against Washington and Newsflash, it it didn't look good. (laughs) Um, And I think in parts when, like, the New York game was close, I think there was some of that as well. And it didn't look good outside of the first and fourth quarter. And I'm talking the middle of the game. I think we saw some of that as well. But I I just – I think Matt LaFleur is a very smart coach. And I think – I know Aaron trusts – what he was doing with Mike McCarthy and wants to continue to do some of that because he's comfortable with it. But also we fired Mike McCarthy for a reason. And a lot of what Mike McCarthy did was 
go win one-on-one. And this is what everyone's been talking about is we, we don't have, I think the receivers are better than everyone on Twitter would have you believe, but everyone keeps saying, you know, we don't have guys that can get open, but yet they continue to spread it out. 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. And they, just are having them do what Aaron Rodgers wants. And that's what Mike McCarthy's offense was. And why aren't we using the guy who revitalized what San Francisco is and revitalized Jimmy Garoppolo and made hit, make him look really, really good. Like there is plenty of times where in the preseason we were like, okay, what, why isn't this green Bay team, you know, scheming guys open. Like we see in, Los Angeles with the Rams, like we see in, you know, San Francisco with, with, uh, Kyle Shanahan or even in new Orleans or just anything like that. Like, why don't we see guys being schemed open and special plays like that? And I think part of it is because they're trying to mesh these two offenses and I get it. I get, you want to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, but I think I think you need to have more of what Matt LaFleur is known for. And that is my biggest thing with this whole spread it out because you spread it out, you go into eleven personnel and you run Mike McCarthy's offense essentially is what has been happening. And I'm not a huge fan of that. I think, you know, spreading it out, running eleven personnel and then running the football. Hell, even just running one back, four receivers, and running the football, that spreads the defense out and makes it a hell of a lot easier and gives Aaron Jones a lot more room because this offensive line has been good. I don't care what other people say. This offensive line has been good pretty much all year. And the reason why they give up sacks and stuff is because Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball too long. So I think if you're spreading it out and running and kind of keeping defenses off balance, like what are you going to do when we spread it out? Because if you try to still play somewhat big to stop Aaron Jones, well, that means that someone's going to have a mismatch on the outside and those wide receivers are going to make you pay. So I like that. I like having big personnel, lots of play action um, and throwing out a big personnel because a lot of the, Stats tell you, you throw out a big personnel, run out of small personnel, and you will succeed. And that's what Matt LaFleur, kind of his philosophy is coming from Kyle Shanahan. And I think they need to, we need to see more of that. And that's my big thing is I want to see more of that. And the other part of being more consistent, especially on offense, is Aaron Jones. <laughs> I mean, I talk, I've been talking about it for how many weeks now we need to see Aaron Jones. We need to see Aaron Jones. We need to see Aaron Jones. And so something I would just love to see just for example, I'd love to see a bunch, a series of plays like this run to Aaron Jones, another run to Aaron Jones, maybe a play action pass run to Aaron Jones, maybe a quick slant, maybe a bubble screen RPO type thing. Um, And then Go back to Aaron Jones. Go back to a quick screen. Um, then take a deep shot. Then go back to Aaron Jones. And then bring Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones in and run that cool orbit motion screen to Aaron Jones. Two plays later, run the exact opposite. Stuff like that. Like Run the damn offense through Aaron Jones. Don't forget about Devontae Adams. But 
Newsflash, if you make defenses have to have to stop Aaron Jones, they leave Devontae one-on-one, good fucking luck because there is not a corner in this league that can cover him one-on-one for any extended amount of plays. So I I feel like this has been said time and time again in Packers media. I feel like I keep saying it and I'm repeating myself, but I think running the offense through Aaron Jones um, – Allowing Devontae to get some extra matchups, I just think it's going to help because you have Devontae one-on-one because you can't stop Aaron Jones. That means you have Aaron uh, Alan Lazard on the other side one-on-one. That means you have Jake Kumaro, whoever else is in the game, even Gimo, who hasn't been good this year, but Rodgers keeps throwing him the football. So if he's getting open and all he has to – at this point, all he has to do is catch the football – that that makes it easier on the receivers, and that means you don't have to go get a new receiver, and you really can't at this point unless you sign someone off the street because the trade deadline's passed. But I just I think it's vitally important for the consistency of this offense in particular is Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. All right, Tyler, do you have anything else? I, I do. We're going to spend a lot of time our... on this because <laughs> I, I liked what you said okay. about Aaron Jones because it got me thinking – like, okay, yeah. I mean, that you look at when the Packers offense was successful this season, isn't that kind of what they did? Because Devonta Adams was injured, right, when this offense was in full bloom. So Aaron exactly. Jones kind of, yep. that's when he got going, essentially. He, he took a while. The first couple games was a little slow. So now you got Aaron Jones and teams are focused on him. And now you talk about these one-on-one matchups. Okay, that. That reminds you like how McCarthy used to play football, right? It's kind of like the combination between <laughs> uh, you're using LaFleur's schemes to make Aaron Jones amazing. I mean, he's amazing without that anyway. But then that allows you to just have some guys go out and win after that. So it's kind of a combination of what we both said, I think, to make this offense even better. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and it's not just Aaron Jones in the run game. Like I mentioned that, I think it was in that Philly game, actually. I believe. I could be wrong. Um, I I think it was in that Philly game, though, that they ran that orbit motion with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the field. And originally they ran the uh, screen off the orbit motion, kind of that bubble screen to Aaron Jones. And then they come back later, and really later, I think a play later maybe? I don't know exactly, but they give that same thing, and then they slip Jamal Williams on the backside screen and give him a chance to run off that screen, and they had blockers because the defense over-pursued on that play, and that's that's what Matt LaFleur was used for or known for coming into this was kind of punches and counter punches, using your own scheme to generate some added uh, – some added kind of layering to your offense. The illusion of complexity was brought a lot about uh, throughout this um, kind of offseason process with Matt LaFleur, this illusion of complexity, illusion of complexity. So I feel like that's something I want to see more of. And I think that kind of coincides, even though I originally kind of disagreed with Tyler, I think a combination of these things and – using more of that scheme that we were promised, I think that really brings this offense 
to what it was when Devontae Adams was out because I think we're just going back to the Mike McCarthy win your win your routes, win your matchups, and we'll be fine. But that just hasn't been the case right now. So I think we need to get back to what was going on when Devontae Adams was not a choice. And no, Devontae Adams is not <laughs> ruining this offense, Good so call. don't tell me that. Because he is incredibly too great of a player to be ruining any offense, and he is not one to sit there and complain and complain about different things. So whoever says that is an idiot in my book. All right, Tyler. I feel like we spent enough time on that, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that, that was good Good topics, though. That was something that we all need to think about, and I'm sure every coach is too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was expecting like five minutes, but I do think that was a good conversation. Um, and like we've said on this podcast before, we're not as smart as Mike Patton. We're not as smart as Matt LaFleur. Uh, we don't know all the interesting intricacies of NFL offense, NFL defense. We don't know any of that. This is just completely armchair quarterbacking, trying to figure out what could happen to help this offense. Um, And maybe, who knows, maybe Tyler and I just are way off base, not even close, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but I trust in Matt LaFleur to get this offense more consistent. I trust in Mike Pettin to make this defense a little bit more consistent going down the stretch run of the season because it's here. It's no longer get ready for the stretch run. It is here. We have three divisional games, the first of which being against the Bears. So, Tyler, what do they need to do? What's one thing they need to do to really kind of expose this and make this a win for the Packers? So, yeah, I think it when I when I put my bullet point down, I almost put stop Trubisky, and then I looked at myself and I'm like, there's no way I'm going in this podcast saying we have to stop Mitchell Trubisky. That's that's not a thing. That should not be a key to the game. But if you if you look, yep, you wouldn't have been on this podcast for weeks <laughs> if that was your point, right? But I mean, you look at his last two games. His stats they've been pretty good. He's got seven touchdowns the last two games, six of which were passing, one rushing. Completion percentages in the mid 70s. Passer rating 115 to 120 over the last two games, averaging eight to nine yards per pass attempt, which is quite quite phenomenal, and he's getting a lot of guys involved. Tariq Cohen is becoming not necessarily a threat. He's getting a lot of receptions, not a lot of yards, at least in terms of the passing game. And then Allen Robinson and uh, Miller, Anthony Miller have been used a lot more. So I was like, okay, what's contributing to Mitchell Trubisky's success here as of late? And it comes down to basically him using his legs and making the right reads, which Sounds like something every competent quarterback should do, but they're doing it a lot through uh, RPOs and read options. So whatever the uh, play the defense is giving uh, Trubisky, he's kind of reading it ahead of time, uh, reading either, you know, one man, I need to hand it off, need to use my legs this time, or, hey, I see a soft coverage here, I'm going to I'm going to turn this into a pass play. He's making a lot of a lot of good decisions right now. So the Packers have added wrinkles in their defense as well, kind of disguising things, sending guys uh, out of different spots over the last couple games, adding in some different stunts. So I think all that, what Mike Pence was doing over the last couple weeks, is going to be important to kind of help confuse this young QB and really really eliminate the things that's made them successful over the last couple weeks, which is the RPOs and read options. So 
that's that's my key to the game. It's not stopping Mitchell Trubisky. It's particularly against those two plays you got to be, or those two type of plays you have to be good. I I think I would agree with you. Um, I know this Bears defense is the better part of this team, <laughs> like no question about it. But I kind of want to stay on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers too, because I feel like this is another week that they're not playing a great offense, that the defense can start clicking a little bit more, a little bit more. And everyone's going to say that the Packers didn't blow these teams out like they should have. The end score really says they did in the Giants game, which I know it was close for a while, but was that game really ever in question? And this five point victory against, the Redskins, were you really questioning if they were going to win it? No, they were They were in control in both of those games from opening kickoff to the final whistle. And if you disagree with that, I mean, fine, that's your prerogative. But really, the Packers were in control of both of those games. And I think in this one, the defense has to be in control again. They gave up 13 against the Giants. They gave up 15 against the Redskins. That's pr- that's pretty good. Now they're playing another offense that they're starting to look a little bit better, but they're not a particularly good one. So I really feel like we need to continue to hit our stride on the defensive side of the ball. And in this game, and really in the next game, I think against the Vikings, this could be a big key as well, is just, just get to Mitchell Trubisky. Don't let him hit these short, Passes that Tyler was talking about, these RPO slants. Um, Don't let him get a free read option run because he can beat you on the ground too. But I think just just get in his face like they were week one. Constantly be in pressure because a lot of this Bears offense recently, it hasn't been Mitchell Trubisky impressing. It's been Mitchell Trubisky hitting his receivers in stride on five-yard routes and them taking it for 20. And that makes Mitch Trubisky look a little bit better because they're getting him more yards and things like that. But if you're getting in his face and making him make quick decisions instead of being able to, even on three-step drops, being able to see and not have to worry about the pressure in your face, I think that's going to be really important. Because if he can sit back without a lot of pressure, I think he can dink and dunk in this Packers defense. They give up yards. That's what they do. And if you're going to dink and dunk on them, they're going to let you do it. But in order to stop that, I think getting in Mitch Trubisky's face, causing sacks, causing bad decisions, and likely turnovers in his case, I think that's going to be extremely important. And I don't know if this is necessarily a surprise, but I think Kenny Clark is going to play the biggest part in that. Not Zadarius, not Preston. I think Kenny Clark coming up the middle is going to wreck havoc on Mitch Trubisky. He's going to have to be aware of that. He's going to have to try to scramble because Kenny Clark is moving the pocket and that's going to get him off his reads, his quick reads, and that's going to make Mitch Trubisky try to be play hero ball, play Aaron Rodgers type of football, and newsflash, he can't play Aaron Rodgers type of football. Even this year, Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't been great at it, this year, Aaron Rodgers is still thousands times better than Mitchell Trubisky at that. So I think that 
they kind of play hand in hand. But I do think on defense, slow this offense down. Let your offense just try to figure it out. This is a good defense. This is still a good defense. They're not as good as they were last year. But allowing your offense to be able to figure it out rather than feeling pressed because you're not able to stop this Bears offense, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Because if this offense gets down and the defense of the Bears gets a little confident and cocky maybe, it's going to be tough to move the football. It's going to be tough to score. So I really think affecting Mitch Trubisky is going to be important because I do feel like our run defense has gotten better recently and our front five, maybe front seven, have been better in that regard. So I'm not too concerned about that. Now I say that and Montgomery will probably run for 150 yards and three touchdowns. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. All right, Tyler. I think we've exhausted that enough as well. Um, We are going way over my time that I expected, but I still feel like we're having great conversation. Let's get into our stats. What is your stats for this Yeah, stat-wise, I just wanted to point out that Aaron Rodgers is basically the fucking man in December and January regular season home games, or regular season games, excuse me, not even just home games. Uh, He's got a 110 career passer rating, which is number one in the NFL. And guess what? High of 15 degrees predicted this Sunday. So Aaron Rodgers is very much a cold-weather man. I think that definitely plays into our favor, and I'm excited to, to see what he can do. And, you know, this is, this is an important game for the Packers, so it'll be awesome to see what he can do here. Yeah, I do think it's very important. I think a win here really helps this team. Um Three wins would be great. I think I think really two wins is very important. If they get all three, that means the Packers have the second seed. Now, we talked about it on the recap pod that we weren't really sure of the math. Well, the people that have must have way much more time on their hands than I do went through and they told us what the Packers need to do. Packers win three in a row to end the season. Well, that means they have the second seed, a bye, and a home playoff game. And really, that I think the important part is that gets them one step closer to the Super Bowl. Um, and I know how we played off the bye this year, or the earlier this year, but I, I think that number two seed could be very important um, and allow Matt LaFleur to get a good game plan before going into his biggest game of his head coaching career. Um my stats go through the DVOA stats really quickly. Um, offensively, the Bears are ranked 23rd in the league. Like I said earlier, they're not particularly good, even though they've been a little bit better recently. They're still not good overall. Packers are sixth. They're falling a little bit uh, offensively in terms of DVOA, but that's okay. We just got to... Stay there or keep getting better the rest of the season and we'll be all right. Defensively, Bears are 7th, Packers are 20th. And that number, I believe, was at 22 last week. Um, So a little bit of improvement for the Packers. Yes, they were at 22 last week. And when you give up 15 points, even against a bad defense or a bad offense, eh, that's good. Improvement is good there. Special teams, the Bears are ninth, Packers are 11th. 
Uh, shout out Tyler Irvin for that one. And overall, Bears are 15th. They're a top half the team per DVO or half the league per DVOA. And technically, they're still in the playoff hunt. So that should make sense. Packers are 10th in overall DVOA. So let's go right into our game predictions, unless you have anything else. Tyler. No, I'm excited for my my prediction this week. I have the Packers winning 27 to 24, and I actually think it's going to come down to Rodgers in a game winning touchdown drive. So we'll be down 20 to 24. Rodgers put the team on his back, get the game winning touchdown with under two minutes to go, secure the win. This is going to be. One of those instant classic games and well played by both teams. It's it's just got that feel where the Bears essentially need to win out for a chance at the playoffs. And like you mentioned, Packers can control their destiny by winning three. So I would I also kind of did this prediction for selfish reasons and the fact that I want to see the Packers have the ability to win from behind this year. And I think this would be an awesome opportunity to do it at Lambeau in front of the fans. So 27-24 come from behind win i just want to add one thing that would make that better packers score with about you know minute 15 left the bears have two timeouts they get the first two first downs and then big old number 31 comes up with a pick (laughs) to end the game that would be awesome (laughs) And, and then we'll talk about who's a bigger playmaker, haha, Clinton Dix or Adrian Amos, because that will be two picks in two games <laughs> against the Bears. I I like your prediction. Um, I I would love to see it come from behind win too, but, but I think the Packers uh, are able to win this. They're able to win it fairly convincingly. Um, kind of ahead the whole game, just can't pull away, which has – seem to be the case pretty much all year um, and even when they do pull away especially early in games you look back the Vikings game in week two Cowboys game when they were up 31 to three but they didn't end the games it being that far of margins the Vikings was 21 to 16 Cowboys made it respectable I think it was 11 points 10 10 11 points uh, separating those two teams so I think the Packers do kind of lead throughout this game. Um, but the Bears make it, you know, a touchdown game. I'm saying 28 to 21. Um, no field goals because the Packers are just going to score when they get in the red zone. And, you know, maybe the Bears kicker makes, misses a field goal or <laughs> maybe the Packers defense kind of stiffens up in terms of the yards and that's that's what I'm seeing. Twenty eight to twenty one, and that is going to be it for us today. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed. There was a little bit, a little bit longer of a podcast today, I think, than I originally planned for. Uh, but hopefully, it was a good one. Hopefully, you guys enjoy. As always, make sure you guys are checking us out on Twitter at trilogy underscore pod. We somehow still have a Giannis jersey to give away. Uh, We are just waiting for 250 followers on Twitter. Once we get that, one lucky fan is getting a Giannis jersey. Uh, The contest rules and all of that are in our pinned tweet. 
on our Twitter account. Again, Trilogy underscore pod on Twitter. Check out our content on Facebook as well where we're sharing that stuff. And, yeah, make sure you're checking out our other podcasts, Bucks Trilogy Podcast, Brewers Trilogy Podcast. I know Tyler's got some stuff coming out for uh, reviewing the the brew. Wow, (laughs) that was terrible. That's that's what you write for, Yes, sir. (laughs) Make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, We've had some fun, interesting conversations on the Brewers Trilogy podcast. There was some technical difficulties with our last interview, but it's still a good one. A lot of good information. You'll just have to bear with the sound quality on that one. Basically, it was because I wasn't there to help Tyler that he couldn't figure out how to get good audio with an interview that. <laughs> <laughs> all right so make sure you guys are checking that stuff out make sure you're watching the bucks they are super fun to watch they are what is it 14 games now so make sure you're checking that out make sure you're checking out the bucks trilogy podcast because we predicted how long the streaks are going to go and tyler per usual has a crazy one uh it's it's a big one <laughs> it's it's past 30 win or 30 games 31. in a row so make sure you guys check that out Make sure you guys are checking that out. And until the Packers have their 11th win of the season, go Pack Go.